comments. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to get the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sorta like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats, the four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, everybody out there in War Room Land? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports, War Room Sports Podcast. Network. I want to host Dev McMillan at the round table with my brother, Jimmy Blueprint. Super Bowl 53 is this weekend. We'll break down some storylines surrounding the game. We'll give some analysis, make our initial Super Bowl fix. We'll also discuss in depth the Anthony Davis saga in the NBA, plus a breaking news. Giant blockbuster trade in the NBA just happened prior to us getting on the air. So keep it locked right here <clears throat> as we give you our point of view on everything going on. And if you want to get in on the conversations yourselves, make sure you sign up right now to the AW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the room, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also come directly in about 10 minutes after we gamble Gus with his Super Bowl 53 pick against the spread. And open the digital game tech hotline for actual 323-100012. But before we get started, of course, we got to let you guys know how you can get at us. Hey, that, that. not live on the air. You can check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the Warroom Sports free app, iTunes, hey, Dad, you sound, on you our sound iOS. Kind of crazy. Can you hear me? And, I can hear you. I'm sounding crazy. Oh, yeah. You're let real me, choppy me, right now, brother. Let me fix that. Let me fix. All right, that should be fixed. Um, yeah, you sound a lot better. Yeah, so y'all, y'all, y'all can check us out. Uh, as I said, on the War Room Sports mobile app, you can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Google, wherever you do your podcast listening. I don't know if you guys heard everything I said before, but you know we're gonna talk Super Bowl Fifty Three. We're gonna talk the Anthony Davis trade. We're going to talk the breaking news blockbuster that just happened prior to us getting on the air. Jim, what up, man? Y'all keeping warm up there? It's cold as business in the, yeah, <laughs> in the United States right now. Yo, it's, it's, it's extremely cold. Like, it, yo, man, listen, it's so cold right, <laughs> that I had, to go, I had to go to a property this morning, and I couldn't even get in because the locks were Like, it's that cold out here. It's it's. It's ridiculous, man. Like you know, um, shout out to uh, to your man who said we need global warming to come help us because you know it's Yo, so cold. He gotta stop because right now he's doubling and tripling and quadrupling down because every time he tries to clown global warming, people correct him and let him know like, "Yo, that's not really what it is." Cause, but he keeps doing it, so it's just you know basically Trump being Trump. Like y'all can tell me what's real and what's right, and I'm still gonna do this because. I don't hear anything else yeah. except for what I say. So that's your man yeah. tripping. It, it, it's it's crazy though, man. But I kept keeping the perspective because uh, my wife got family in Wisconsin and they they at minus twenty two right now. So you know, at the time I'm complaining, you know, it, it, the some polar, people got to man. 
The polar vortex is evil. Whoever that dude is, <laughs> yeah, he I, is and I evil. Just saw a story. I just saw a story yo about a, a boy who was a homeless man in Chicago, and he just straight froze to death. Like they they found oh the boy, he was like literally a block of, a block of ice. That's crazy. I mean, because I mean, this is the time if you got any kind of heart. I mean, you overfill these shelters, you do something, man. But you get these people off the street. All right, in Fargo, North Dakota maybe two days ago with the wind chill there, it was like minus 65. I'm like, come on, who lives like that, man? (laughs) It was like, it's like Siberia in America right now. It's like the North Pole of this piece. Yeah, that's drawn. That's absolutely (laughs) drawn. Like, what's the point of that? Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, like, why, why? That's that's ridiculous, man. All right, so... Uh, despite all the cold and crazy weather out here, uh, our show, as usual, must go on. Shout out to B. Austin, who's not with us today. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about the brother in just a little while. Um, but right now, uh, let's get into some hot topics, for the, which are brought to you, of course, by my bookie. Uh, War Room fan, real quick, let's talk about how much dough you can make betting on sports at my bookie. Super Bowl 53 is here, and the NBA and NHL seasons are into their second half, so if you haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time to do just that. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You're tired of getting a runaround from other services when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast, no hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game start. That's crazy. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. 100%. But if you want to get that 100% bonus, you got to use the promo code, all caps, WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M. That'll activate that offer for you. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid, period. All right, so we're going to get on the phone line in just a second with the homie uh, Gus Griffin, who finished the season, not including the the Super Bowl, of course, because he has one more game to pick, but he finished the NFL season and playoffs with a 45-40-3 and record. So he got that winning record for the year, uh, late comeback just like last year. Um, so we're going to get him on the line now and get his opinion on Super Bowl 53. Gus, what's going on, good brother? You there? Gus, can you hear us? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. How are oh, you? Was, yeah, I was like, where'd he go? He froze. He was frozen <laughs> or something, man. <laughs> you know, Gus froze to death. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy out there. All right, so yeah, I told him the record forty five forty and three. That's a pretty good year. Uh, Super Bowl fifty three is upon us. The Los Angeles Rams taking on, um, you know, the usuals, the, the New England Patriots. We got ourselves a three point spread here. Patriots are currently favored by three. So, what are your thoughts on the big matchup? Well, um, uh, England. Uh, here, here's the thing. Uh, these teams are amazingly um, well. They're pretty much well, well matched in terms of uh, um, you know what they do and things of that nature. Um, the Rams average thirty, just under thirty-three points a game. Patriots, 
a little over 27. That's really the most dramatic statistical difference. Um, even in giveaway takeaways, which um, you know we, we discovered years ago is one of the most in, indicative stats for a game, the Rams are plus 11, the Patriots are plus 10. So I mean, what you know, what do you make of that kind of stuff? Um, as a um, abnet, a b n e t, which means anybody but the New England Patriots, I'm an abnet. Um, I looked for reasons to pick the Rams, and I, I want to find a reason to pick the Rams because we just can't have the Patriots win. That's just just something that we're going to go with. Um, <laughs> so you look at them. They're relatively even mini match. And I know you remember last year, y'all, go, y'all can remind me forever, that I, I did pick the Patriots, and the, and, uh, and I was happy to be wrong. But um, this year I'm going to go against them. Uh, I think what, what I see, what I was looking for was to find um, the toughest opponent of each team and who comes closest to that team. Toughest opponent for the Rams was the Bears. The Bears just – stymie them, and they stymie them like right. nobody else does. The Patriots don't have anything close to the Bears' defense, uh, personnel for defense. The toughest matchup for the Patriots were the, New e- were, I'm sorry, were the Tennessee Titans. They have a lot of depth at uh, corner, and they were able to do the one thing that uh, you can do for Tom Brady, as great as he's been, the one thing he's never had is elusive, elusiveness. He's never been all that mobile. And if you look at the stat, particularly, um, you know, there's a lot of stats now. We're in a day and age where a lot of stats are just noise. This is a stat that's very relevant. When he gets rid of the ball under 2.5 seconds, 2.5 or less, his QB rating is well over 100. But if you put pressure on him beyond 2.5, it drops down to about 70. And that's, wow. that's, that's a significant difference. So the question is, do the Rams have the uh, personnel to do to Brady what <clears throat> Tennessee did to Brady. Uh, and I think they Speak, speaking of pressure, Gus, did you know that the Patriots, well, did you know that Tom Brady, Tom Brady this season, you know, of course it's not all the time, but this particular season, he was the worst rated quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz. Well, there you go. And that, 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 that's even abnormal. I didn't actually um, find that out, but that's, and I think, but I think it speaks to, hey, he's an older, and he never was, he never was all that mobile. Um, right. But the difference is, after 2.5, we're not talking about Deshaun, um, Deshaun Watson or Mariota or even Carson Wentz when he's healthy. We're not talking about a guy who can extend the play. You know where the hell he's going to be at. And so <laughs> along comes Fowler, along comes Littleton, along comes a rejuvenated Dominican Sue, and, of course, the great Mr. Aaron Donald. So um, I think they can get pressure on him, although there's one thing ironic about the Rams' pressure. They had 33 sacks. And one man had twenty and a half of them, so that 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 right. that, that makes me a little weird, leery. But lately, Sue has had a little re, um, revival, and the DBs have got Talib, who knows New England, and I don't think that's something you can dismiss. Uh, and they've got uh, Sam Shields as that third corner. Yeah, they're a little long in the tooth, but New England doesn't have a guy who can stretch the defense anymore. So right. then you throw Peters in there. I think they the can play The only defense enough. stretcher they have actually plays for the Rams now, <laughs> Brandon Cook. <Cooper. laughs> yeah. I think they can do enough bump and run coverage, get enough pressure to um, just shake. I mean, it's, it's impossible for them to go through a whole playoff and not be sacked. The Chiefs nor the Chargers sacked him. That just can't. Wow. That just, there's no way that can happen. And so I wow. think they can get enough pressure to um, win a close one. I'm going to go with the Rams uh, 27 24 in that range, um, plus the three. If you if you see two and a half, buy it down, get down to three. 
Um, but I'm going to go with the Rams plus three and the win outright. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, we'll see how, how this all plays out. Um, it should be. I, I, I'm, the closer the game gets, the more I actually like the matchup. Like, it doesn't seem like – and this, this is probably just from my point of view, my perspective, because last year was such a, a different type of year for me. Like, this, the hype of the Super Bowl doesn't seem to be there. But, I mean, if you're not from uh, the New England area or L.A. right now, then that might be how you feel. But that's we'll true. see how it that's, plays that's out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, We'll be doing our our thirty minute uh, pregame show on Sunday. Uh, it'll probably be well before the game. So if you have any change of heart, if you want to change anything, just let me know, and we'll get you on the air for that as well. We'll do. And um, uh, the last column came out today about Novak Djokovic and some some things about how he's turned around. Uh, the next column will be on how the Super Bowl played a role mm-hmm. in lifting the government shutdown. Okay. And I'll right, get that, that to you interesting. by Sunday. Okay, that should be interesting. That definitely sounds interesting. All right, Gus, well, we appreciate your time as usual, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks a lot. Stay right, warm, no gentlemen. Problem. All right, you too. <laughs> All right, Gus Griffin, everybody, taking the Rams plus the three. Um, look out on the website this weekend, warroomsports.com. Uh, to find out his thoughts on how the Super Bowl played a, a role in lifting the government shutdown. All right, so uh, before we we take calls, um, um, I I just wanted to talk for a minute, Jim, about these rumors um, with the Phillies for the last few days and Bryce Harper. Um, we basically heard yesterday from a tweet, very unofficial, because it was like the only source that had it that he had signed with the Phillies and was going to announce it at some point, either Tuesday or Wednesday that just passed. Now I'm seeing reports saying that uh, Bryce Harper is in Vegas meeting with the San Diego Padres um, today. So what are your thoughts on all of these rumors, man? Is it just Phillies fans just keep getting duped by all of these fake reports? Fake news? Man, it's just... <laughs> It's it's uh it's 2019, man. That's that's what's in, man. Just everybody trying to be the first to have a story, and also mm-hmm. the idea of trolling is um and getting attention is is just what it is. So it's 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 crazy, man. Because I I was looking for a reason to get excited, but you said something that was interesting, and I kind of noticed that too, but I didn't want to say it. Boy, been falling off anyway. <laughs> not that not, not not that not that we still wouldn't want him here, but at the same time, like it's. It's not like it was, like you know what I mean, right? And that's yeah. It's like okay, when we get, you know, the Phillies finally get an all season where they could be major players. It just seems like to me, I don't know if you if this is three years ago, you're super excited, like oh my God, Bryce Harper's a, a you know a free agent, and we got a shot at him. It's like now, like like you just said, we still we we want to sign him, of course. Shoot, we want to sign both of them if we can. Him and Machado, but it, the the excitement is just not really there for me because you know I'm in the Washington area. I get to see Bryce play a lot, and he he went from a dude, especially when they played against the Phillies. He went from a dude that I absolutely feared every time he came to bat 
to just a dude eh, where a lot of pitchers seem like they've kind of solved them. But um, we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, hopefully he gets back to to beast mode if he does indeed sign with Philly. And if he doesn't, I hope he continues his fall off. Um, that's just how I feel. <laughs> All right, so uh, mm-hmm. before we – yeah, we're going to get into some, some of these NFL – uh, Super Bowl 53 storylines, but we got the homie Tobias on the phone line. He threatened me earlier, told me I better get to him and not make him wait. So I'm going to take the threat seriously. We're going to go to the phone lines. We got Tobias on the line. <laughs> what's going on, Tobias? Roll down. Roll tide. Tide. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Nothing much. What's hey. up with you? Hey, hey, I'm good. Hey, if you didn't take my call, Dev, maybe wait. I would have had Kamala lock you up for 25 years. You know she loves locking up Negro. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh man, leave my girl Kamala alone, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, first thing first, Gus picked the Rams. I'm betting on the Patriots now. I'm not getting evicted out of my house. But, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: if I'm the Rams, I will put a key to leave and have him shadow Edelman the whole game. Because you gotta take, you're not gonna stop Gronk. Cause he can throw that ball up to Gronk, but damn it, I'm gonna make Edelman work for it. <laughs> and you know when when the Jets those couple years when the Jets beat them and gave them hell in the playoffs in the Rex Ryan, they had Revis checking Edelman and like their best slot guy. They said we put our best corner, your best slot guy, and dare you to beat you with somebody else. I think the Rams got to do that. That's funny that you say that because I was doing uh, cover two with Fred the other day, and he said he thinks that they should have a key. To leave, follow Gronk around all day. So y'all both got yeah. dudes following somebody, just different people. Yeah, because <laughs> the the Patriots gonna establish that run, and that's the thing. Like the Patriots remind me of the Golden State Warriors got everybody fooled. Everybody think Golden State is jack up threes like they Houston, but all you see is mid range jumpers and layups and post up. <laughs> but the Patriots, yeah. they they think it's just Brady's winging it, but they always ran the football. And that's what that's the key to their game. That's key to any successful NFL team, running the football. And that's the unsung thing about this NFL postseason for Brady. Uh, well, and my my experience watching the Patriots, you, it's like you really – it's hard to pinpoint exactly what they're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I've mm-hmm. never seen a team – adjust and change, just totally change their game plan, totally change their game plan from week to week. Like the Patriots can come out one week and throw the ball 50 times, and then the next week they'll come out and they're running the ball a bunch of times. They'll have a successful back. You know, you think, okay, they got him going now. Then the next week they're running the ball with a totally different back. Like they may come out in the Super Bowl and Burkhead might get like 20 carries out of the blue. Yeah. You know, even what? though James White is catching the ball out of the backfield like it's nobody's <laughs> nobody's business, so it's like they're they're right. just so unpredictable, and it's it's amazing to me how they, you know, are, are that chameleon like that they can just come out and switch up their whole game plan completely. So it's like they might be the team that's like you waste the most time watching film on them because you might come come out line up and they might not do a damn thing that you that you saw on film. Um, but the one you know thing what? that uh, the Rams need to do is what Gus talked about earlier. They need to find a way to get some pressure on Tom Brady, no matter what, you know, the game plan is. 
You know what? Uh, I know, like, the big NBA news. It's kind of cool that the NBA has kind of crapped on Super Bowl week, all this player movement and talk about player movement. But uh, Hold on, we got to break this. We got to break this for you. Y'all know Tobias always come on here and talk about stuff that we got planned for later. So at least at least we can break the news before you, you do that. For anybody out there who hasn't heard, you know, there's been a big trade in the NBA. The Knicks have dealt. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for uh, yeah, Courtney Lee's going too. I don't <laughs> think you know, anybody cared, but um, in exchange for Dennis Smith Jr., uh, uh, who else did they get? <laughs> DeAndre Jordan and yeah. Wesley Matthews, and I believe a first-round pick. So Knicks fans are all over social media. Knicks fans are going crazy right now because their team is, you know, crapping on them again. I mean, I see what the Knicks are trying to do in the future, but if the Knicks aren't, you know, rumored to get big free agents every time there are big free agents and strike out, like, I don't know what else. (laughs) If, If they end up getting their man or men, then the fans will be totally happy. But right now, Everybody's dumbfounded because Chris Stapps was—he was the face of their franchise, even though we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, he's the face of the franchise, but he's always wearing a suit at the end of every season and sitting on a bench. <laughs> uh, nice player, but he's always hurt, and you—he got injury concerns. You know, big men don't get healthy. When they start getting hurt, is a trend. So the Knicks probably didn't want to, they probably didn't want to give him that big money anyway, because knowing he's a big injury risk, he has all these injury problems. Uh, and that means you're stuck, and that means your contract may be a bad one, like a John Wall or Russell Westbrook in like a year or two. But uh, but you got to roll the dice sometimes. But I got to try this Anthony Davis thing also. Uh, it was funny talking about this at work, right? LeBron, LeBron be getting these folks messed up, man. LeBron, when he leaves, he always waits to end his contract. He don't make any trade demands. Even though he got no trade clause, he never say, I want out. He just leaves. So anybody get mad at him, you can say he's free. Anthony Davis, on the other hand, hey, Rich Paul, go ahead and tell him you need to make a trade. Now, everybody hates Anthony Davis, <laughs> you know. Everybody <laughs> hates Kawhi. It's just funny, like, how the guy who did for the Pioneers player movement always waited until he was free. Then the guys who say to the man to trade when you got a year or two left on your deal, and then you're mad when people get mad. But I, I, yeah, I just but think you, know, you can't yeah, win that situation. Brian takes Brian takes take short term deals so he can do that. Like he bets on Which he is smart. He bets on himself. Yeah, it is smart. But, so I mean, we can't knock him for that. Nah, I'm not knocking him for that. But I think also, what's on the players got to realize also, they ain't LeBron at the same time. Also, because LeBron could tear ACL tomorrow. He'll still get the full super max, whatever they can offer him. And, uh, and some of those guys may not get that. Now, Boogie will now because he looked good. But I, I just think that it just paints, like, everybody in a tough spot because the Pelicans got got, got to take the scrap for the Lakers or bet on Boston, and it's a dead franchise. So, hell, the fans didn't even go to Anthony Davis there. But I think Anthony Davis may be going to L.A., or even Boston, even though we know Boston has never been a free agent destination. I don't know why people keep saying that. Uh, because he's that guy where he's a, he's very talented. He puts up great numbers. 
but he's not that number one guy who said, hop on my back, I can lead the playoffs. Because I will say this. I know the West is tough. But, damn it, Kevin Garnett used to get the T-Wolves in playoffs with no talent. At least give me the damn AC. Can you give me the AC if you're that guy? Yeah, Maybe he's not I Kevin mean, Garnett, so though. He yeah, might get those type of Kevin numbers, Garnett. but he ain't Kevin and, Garnett. And, and Kevin Garnett, and it's about the teams that he's around him, too. Like, he has trash around him. Um, and it's a different league where the West is very top-heavy. Most, most of the talent in the whole NBA is in the West. Um, it's kind of evening out now with some of the young players that are bad East, but at the same time, you can't really compare it with what he's done to what Kevin Garnett did. Even like Kevin Love more recently. I, I remember everybody hyping him up, and I was like, dude, can you at least give him a damn eight CD crown you want to top two or three power four? You know? And yeah, that's but, just something that Kevin I look Love, at. Kevin Love, didn't have the, Kevin Love didn't have the skill set of Anthony Davis either, though. Like, Anthony Davis from a skills perspective, is probably a top five player in the entire league. Like, I, I mean, but the rest is tough. The, I mean, look who he's playing with. Drew Holiday. The whole, the whole, if, they, if they were in the league. Now, now, part of us on the franchise, they should have kept Rondo and just signed Boogie to a short-term cheap deal anyway. Sometimes you gotta roll the dice. I thought the Lakers should have signed Boogie in all season, just so he won't go to a competitor, just to have him on your team on your book. But and people gotta realize also the supermax ain't working because it ain't gonna make somebody stay in a situation they don't feel like they could win in. And then you got the well, fan base saying, "Well, you ain't won no ring, you think?" So they gonna go somewhere they can, they can have a chance of winning a ring. Well, hold on, it's not working for who? That's the question. It's not working for who? Now, I'm talking about, like, saying, like, players, like, the, where people automatically assume every big name for Angels eligible for it, it's going to just simply take it. And then, like the Anthony Davis and the Kawhis of the world, they're like, no, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to sign that because I want to go to a better situation. And I think yeah, it's no, like I, sports fans. Go ahead. What I was saying is, like, who are we arguing for when you say it's not working? It seems to be working for the players who don't care about that extra money. It's not working for the that, team. But the fact, that, the fact of the matter is there's too many teams in the NBA, and I'm going to consistently keep saying that because, we're, like, outside of, um, you know, uh, the brother in OKC, uh, PG-13, Cats don't want to be in small markets, man. For the most part, the small market teams, are keep, they're going to keep getting for their talent. Watch. It's going to continuously happen. I was listening to something today and, and, and talking about Anthony Davis, and they were saying that um, for as good as his talent is, he's not, like, well-marketed, and people don't know anything about him. Like, you look at some of the the, the, the other guys up there um, in terms of the echelon of players, and they have a higher profile because of, like, where they play. Not necessarily the numbers they put up, but where they play. Um, and also something else. Yeah, those dudes, they Anthony talked Davis. about his – they talked about his unibrow for a while, and then that all died down, and he was just Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Yeah, he's Anthony <laughs> Davis that, that put, put up crazy numbers and does everything well on the floor, but who cares? He's in New Orleans. And also, um, you know, I don't know how to say from what I read. Like, a lot of players have an issue with the fact that the Saints and the Pelicans um, have, like, a – I think it's the president of the team runs both of them, and they said the, the Pelicans are, like, an afterthought. So they don't even feel like they said multiple players have said this. They don't feel like they're a priority because like that's plain. And they're, yeah, they're owned by the same people and run by the same people. 
Jimmy, we got to be honest about this right quick. That team should not be in that town anyway. That town should not have a t- basketball team anyway. Uh, they should put a team back in Seattle or Vegas, somewhere where people want to live at. Because the NBA has a problem where they got too many – one, I feel they got too many teams anyway. Uh, you know, hey, the Bulls, the, I think the owners too preoccupied hugging on a, like a Frank Thomas Ricky card or something than worrying about the Bulls. But anyway, uh, here's the thing. You got too many, I think you got too many teams for the record. They got these teams in these markets where people don't want to live in. No, you really think the NFL would have let a team and like, let's say, I know St. Louis is not a really small market like OKC, will let a team move from L.A. to St. to Oklahoma City. It's a dead market. If Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul George left right now, they will have to get lucky in the draft and hope those people stay there. Exactly. But then again, exactly. they got but, – but hold on, Jimmy. But remember, they could have kept Harden, but they want to be short $6 million to be cheap. So they can't complain also. Because uh, all you do is pay the man $6 million extra dollars. And you still probably had it Harden yeah. for those couple extra years. And so they can't, compl- they can't have it both ways. But, but, but at, at the same time, though, no, they were a small market team. It's easy for us to say just cough up the extra money. But, you know, OKC didn't know how viable they were going to be financially. Um, I mean, it's great when you start off terrible and you hit on some good draft picks, but I don't know. I, I think high situation is always. But here's the thing: having 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 these squads in these flyover cities, man, it, it just doesn't work. Like imagine, hmm, imagine right. like if you're if, if you're if you're a young twenty something year old and you get to play, you get make millions of dollars, but you have you in LA and play in LA full time. Like I've been to LA. All right, and I and, and I always think that's plane. assumptions that people make anyway. Like I never heard Harden say that he was gonna stay there anyway. Dude wanted his own team. He didn't want to be third fiddle. So I, but, I don't think but, but see, I don't think their six million dollars even mattered. Boy wanted to get but, out but of see, his but, but, but see here's the thing though. Sometimes you gotta make it where it's like they you said, okay, we did everything we could, we try to max him out, he decided to make grain of pasture. All right, cool. And so that so sometimes the optics gotta be better. But the thing with the NBA these players are looking at, and I give them credit. Where it's like they look at well round organizations. Hell, the Milwaukee Bucks, I never wanna to go to Milwaukee, but they seem more well run now for Giannis they stick around. Heck, I live in Phoenix and y'all been to Phoenix is a nice place to live. But hmm. it's not well run. So people aren't wanna go go there in their prime. Uh just like Chicago, great city, but the way it's it's so mismanaged, hell, Anthony Davis is from there. He don't want to play there. <laughs> so that's how you know how mismanaged the place is. And they're not going to waste their prime no matter Listen, where it is. It's, because sports, and we, we said this year, for years on years, it's anything else, man. Management matters. People say, well, see, people even people don't even, like, give coaches credit these days. They'd be like, oh, it's all players. Like, yeah, a huge part of what happens on the field, on the ice, on the court is players. But that travels not only to the coach, but it travels to ownership. Like, you know, sometimes you can win despite bad ownership or despite bad coaching, but for the most part, you need so many things to go right, and you need everybody to be on the same page um, trying to make the right moves, and that includes ownership. You know what I mean? Sometimes ownership's move is to get out the way, and sometimes, you know, they get in their own way. Um but you're right. You need a well-run organization. Who wants to play when everything's always in chaos? Yeah. And, and those are your prime years, for example. 
And, uh, like, I always use the Bulls as an example. Paxson and Garth Foreman been there like 15-plus years. Fire so many coaches. They got a coach now who's so terrible that uh, he's awful. That right, He right, trying to run an offense through Robin Lopez. Yes, I know, that Robin Lopez. So who would want to play there unless you like a Jabari Parker where it's the only team who will offer him big money? You know, so I don't care how big your city is, how nice it is, how many white women are there willing to throw their draws at you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not well run, and that's the one thing I give LeBron credit on, is that he looking at well run. Got Miami, Miami can't, can't get the free agent because they maxed out with bad players. They they couldn't even trade Hassan Whiteside for, for a two-piece of Popeyes right now. Uh, nobody wants them. So you have to be well run because these guys are not wasting a prime year to to be around mismanagement with bad coaching, ownership who's cheap, but crying they broke every CBA. Well, I right, then there you have it. Uh, Tobias, give us your um. You got a pick on the Super Bowl yet? I mean, if you don't, you don't have to because you know we're gonna do our little uh, thirty-minute show on Sunday. If you want to wait till then to give your your pick. I I got Rams twenty one, MAGA twenty eight, and, um, <laughs> and and I predict Donald Trump will not feed them uh, Mickey D's and Taco Bell at the White House because uh, half, half of them ain't gonna come. That's why. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Now, I say this real quick. Also, not and I'll run. The problem is like uh, when people get mad at these uh, players not going, like Clemson, for example. There's stories coming out that some of the younger players, the black players, felt pressure to go because they felt like they may lose playing time or things like that because they wanted to go, because they didn't want to go. But then you got some of the black players saying they chose to go and all that. But I just feel if you want to go, go. If you don't want to go, that's your business as well. Because there's a lot of black athletes that didn't go when Obama was in office because they didn't feel like going. So that's your choice. All right. All right, well, we, thanks for your call as usual, man. We will holler at you next week. All right, man. All right, peace. Guys, take it easy. All right, brother. All right, Have a good one. All right, so some of the, the, the storylines surrounding um, Super Bowl 53 so far are, are kind of comical. Uh, did you hear about the dude, Jimmy? Uh, I believe he's in Pittsburgh. He's a producer on, a, like, a local news affiliate in Pittsburgh, and dude, <laughs> he put a graphic up when they were talking about the two teams, and they showed Tom Brady. So he put the graphic yeah, up that said Tom Brady yeah, under it and said known cheater. Dude yeah. actually ended up getting fired for this. Um, let me see. Yep. I got the story right here. Um, yeah, he was with the CBS affiliate in Pittsburgh, KDKATV. Um and of course, the the known cheater label was a reference to the Deflate Gate and and Spygate and all the stuff that Brady and the Patriots have been accused of throughout the years. Like I say, this Pittsburgh, so you know they feel that there's some sort of rivalry there because they're two teams who usually consider themselves uh, two of the best teams in the AFC. So there's a bit of a rivalry there. The fans in Pittsburgh don't really like them. So he said that it was a joke, and it was just a little wink-wink to the fans. It was up there for, like, less than two seconds 
But of course, in the in the era of screenshots, <laughs> DVR, where you could pause it and get a nice little photo of it, and you know all the technology that we live in, it's on the it's on the internet and it went viral. And you know, even though he did it for two seconds, it's never going to be lived down. He seems to kind of be in good spirits. Like the the only thing that kind of bothers him is now he has to find a new job, and he just bought a house. So, um, yeah. yeah, he might be selling that real quick. I, I, I saw the story. It's, <laughs> and it's funny because, like, um, I've noticed, like, I also posted up on our page uh, with um, Scotty Pippen, right, um, hmm. where when he was on ESPN and they had the thing like dunked hard on Patrick Green. So I'm the producer <laughs> playing with that a little bit instead of, instead of like, you know, um, putting things straight in. I guess this is part of the, uh, the trolling era. They're putting up, trying to put up comical things. But when I saw that one, I was like, oh, he might have went too far. Um, you talk about, <laughs> you, you, talk, you judge my man's character. It wasn't just somebody quit, like, you know, um, right, the right. other ones I've seen. <laughs> it wasn't like, Cause, uh, uh, wears Ugg boots. It didn't say Tom Brady wears yeah, Ugg yeah, boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You called the boy a cheater. <laughs> like, like, might have took that yeah, a little like, bit Ooh. too far. I'm like, Ooh, So, you know, you know, like they, people, you know, of a certain ilk, they, they stick together. So somebody set him up a GoFundMe account to keep him afloat while he looks for a new job. So he's cool. He also said that he's going to donate some of the money to a charity in Brady's name once he finds new employment. So uh, he's he's been getting interviewed. He's been doing the rounds. He doesn't sound like he's, like, devastated by it, but I guess it came as a surprise because – I guess he thought being in that Pittsburgh market, there's no way you can get in, in trouble for that. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe the maybe President Trump made the call. <laughs> Can't go with his bros like yeah. that. Bros before. Yeah. Yeah. Those. So that was that that one wasn't shocking considering his words. Like, oh, dog, you you talking about his character, man? Like, you're not even making jokes. So you know. All right. So speaking of character. Um, in a in a positive manner, um, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, this is his first year with the Rams, but he he he's doing a, a pretty nice gesture for the Super Bowl. He surprised the team's janitor. They wouldn't give his whole name; they just identify him as Alfonso. Um, he surprised him with two tickets to the Super Bowl to thank him for everything that he does for the team day in and day out. Um, they said, you know, he and Cooks aren't even particularly close. He just said he he just appreciates what, what he does for him. That just means Cooks probably knows how trifling the locker room looks after they all leave it. <laughs> so he felt yeah. that it was probably bad enough that he needed to get this dude two tickets. He's flying them out. Um, hotel, everything's going to be set for the whole weekend. So that's a, that's a cool gesture. Um, I, I would say, like, most of the times – these guys who work in these little menial positions for these clubs probably grew up fans, but teams have been in and out of L.A. for so long, it's probably difficult to become that diehard. But I'm pretty sure, no matter what, you know, whether he's a diehard fan, I'm pretty sure he he, he appreciates this one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we always like to hear stories of, because uh, we, we're so quick to point out when they do wrong. So he's a good gesture, you know what I mean? Got to give him a shout out for that. So that's dope. That's dope. Because <laughs> we definitely would have talked about it if he would have like left feces on the floor for the janitor to clean up. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. That would have been viral. 
He would have got these verbal hands. All right, so some of the um the the storylines surrounding the games. Something that I thought about the other day. Um, remember that the Patriots, quote unquote, dynasty actually started with the Rams. So one of the things that I think a lot of people are going to be looking for, whether they win or lose, it's it's gonna it's it's kind of all going to depend on whether the Patriots, you know, get back to this point next year, the year after, or if, you know, Tom Brady gets old or if he decides to retire and the team isn't the same anymore, like we might be able to eventually say that their dynasty started and ended, you know, with the Rams. One one, one version of the Rams was St. Louis, and this one is Los Angeles, but still. Yeah. What are the what are the chances yeah, I, I, of that though? Because every year people yeah, put, think I, that the Patriots are done. They think that Brady's too old, but then they keep showing up. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that as soon as the, uh, the, the the matchup was announced. I'm like, wow, they started this with the Rams, and here they go with the Rams again in a whole different city, which makes it even funnier. Um, that that right. time, time has passed, so this team has literally moved to a different city. Um, <laughs> you know. I, I don't know, man. Some things are just like it's just meant to be. But at the same time, Tom Brady was in his early twenties, now he's in his early forties. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't, you can never, like you know, in 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 my room, Tom Janovich, you can never underestimate the heart of a champion. Like, because to be completely honest with you, and I said it on the last show, like even watching the game, the AFC Championship game, to me, he didn't even look that sharp, like for the most part of the game. But when it came down. To okay, now we 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 kept it close. Now we got to go with it. He looked like the old Tom Brady. It was like the more crucial the game got, the better he looked. Exactly. Like he's the guy. Like he will always engage you in a in a late game shootout. Like he can look subpar all game, but if it's late in the game and the other team decides, okay, we're gonna score, we're gonna go back and forth. Like, he's going to oblige you, and it's always, like, last man standing. It's the same thing that even happened in the Super Bowl last season. You know, yeah. they started going back and forth. Neither team could basically stop each other, and then the strip sack came. If not for that strip sack, Brady was probably going to lead another, you know, late game, uh, nail-in-the-coffin type win. Um, but, the you know, it always takes a little bit of luck and and getting to that pinnacle. So no, it, it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting prospect though that you know, and and not only could they start the dynasty and end the dynasty against the Rams, they're playing a second team in the Super Bowl in a row that they beat back in those days, back in the early days. You see, you know, mm-hmm. Philly kind of got their revenge. The Rams have an opportunity to get their revenge. Um, many people say if they win, they think Tom Brady should. Ride off into the sun, sunset as a winner. Um, yeah, but I, I'm. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens afterwards. Um, either way, like if he does stay, and like I said, they don't have the same type of success, and we never see them in the Super Bowl again, which is a lot to ask with this team because, like I said, they're like they're kind of like the Spurs of football, but maybe on a bit of a higher level. Because with the Spurs right now, it's just like playoffs. We were like, okay, the Spurs are finally going to be trash, and then the Spurs end up in the playoffs again. But they're not getting to the finals anymore. This team is still getting to the damn Super Bowl. 
after all these yeah. years, and you wonder how. And that's also because so, that's also because of like quality coaching. When it comes down to it, you got one game. I think game. that's the biggest reason, personally. But <laughs> you got a game. Yeah, I, I think it's the biggest reason when you're trying to. In a series, in a series, the team with the best player. In a series, a team with the best player will win a majority of the time. Not all the time, but a majority of the time. But when right. you talk about that one game where it's like, you know, either you win or you lose, man, that, that's why it's tough because they have, the master, they have the master over there as a coach. That one game, that, that mom spaghetti moment. <laughs> if you got exactly. one shot. For that mom spaghetti moment. One opportunity. Um, of course, another great big big storyline going into this is uh, Sean McVay. Like everybody was already on the Sean McVay is a coaching prodigy train. Now that he's made it to the Super Bowl, that chatter has gotten even louder. And if they end up winning the Super Bowl, you know he's already going to be a legend <laughs> in coaching circles. You know, let the fans tell it. Um, the yeah. dude is just 32 years old. Uh, people noticed him with how he changed around the offense in Washington because, you know, that's usually a team that's hard-pressed to get offense. And then when he left, you know, things weren't the same. Uh, he goes over here, and in just, what, his second year at the helm, he already has this team in the Super Bowl. Um it's, it's, it's crazy. He's 32 years old, man. He has players on his team that's older than him. Tom Brady is, like, he's, like, really his old head. He's coaching against somebody, like, 10 years his senior. It's it's crazy that this dude is doing all of this this quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Any any other interesting storylines? As you can think I, of. I, it's funny because I, I, I sit there and think about what's going to happen to him in in 2019, the way the media works, if he wins this game against Belichick. If he wins this game against Belichick, I'm going to get so sick and, and tired of hearing him and his story. <laughs> I mean, it's already ridiculous that we talk about how anyone anywhere remotely near him gets a job. But if he if he pulls this game, oh, God. Oh, God. Blumpkin City. <laughs> it's and, and he and he and he gives himself job security for at least a decade because even if things don't work out with the Rams, he's gonna get an immediate hire. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, so um, some some X's and O's type stuff. Now you know, mm-hmm. for for those who don't listen much, Jimmy hasn't watched much football in the past two seasons. No. Um, really only when <laughs> when it's on and he's somewhere else because you kind of can't get away from NFL football if you're out and about during NFL football anywhere that has TV screens. But, you know, you you know enough about sports. This is what yeah. you do. It, it doesn't matter if you watch or not. So we can, we'll talk a little bit about X's and O's and what each team probably needs to do to win the game. And I'm I'm going to start with the Rams since of course they're the underdogs. Um first of all, you know, get the cliche stuff out of the way. You know, they can't the moment can't be too big for them. They have some guys on their team with some Super Bowl experience that keep to lead comes to mind. Um but you always look first at the quarterbacks. Uh, and I think Belichick 
and his coaching staff is going to do everything they could do to actually put the game in Jared Goff's hands. Not saying that he's a bum or anything close to it because Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. But when you have a young quarterback like that on the other side, you know, you got to take your chances and do what you got to do. So I think it's going to be imperative. And this is usually cliche as well. But in today's NFL, I don't know. You can kind of take a flyer or not on the running game sometimes. But I think for Jared Goff, it's imperative that they get the running game going to, you know, keep the defense honest. In today's football, a lot of teams aren't even worried about keeping the defense honest. A lot of teams throw the ball to set up the run. But I really think Todd Gurley is going to have to be that guy that everybody knows him to be with a little help from C.J. Anderson. Because if you remember in the the championship game, Gurley was standing on the side for a lot of it while C.J. Anderson was in there toting the rock and and getting all the carries. They wouldn't say anything about it, but my speculation was he had to have some type of injury. And hopefully for them in this two weeks leading up to the big game, you know, whatever was ailing him that they didn't want to say anything about, I hope it's gone because they're not they don't they're not gonna beat this team without Todd Gurley being in there to help and and keep everything honest in the short passing game and in the running game. Um so I think that's imperative for them. On the other side of the ball, of course, like Gus talked about, you have to find a way to get pressure on Tom Brady. Now this is a team where even their guys in the middle, Sue and Donald, um, can get pressure. As a matter of fact, you know, Donald <laughs> from the tackle position had 20 and a half sacks this season. So that's usually not a, a, a thing. But we do know Bill Belichick on both sides of the ball is going to try to do everything he can to at least take your best option out of the game. And I've seen in the past, probably like the last few weeks of the regular season and the Uh, And the playoffs, you know, teams did a lot to try to quiet down Aaron Donald. But that's when Mm -hmm. this team, who spent all of this money in free agency to get all of these names, this is when everybody else has to step up and play. Um, It's going to be interesting to see. You got thoughts on that? Yeah, so, I mean, to me, that is the key, is is to put pressure and, 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 and put pause upon Tom Brady. If you think about like the the games that the Patriots actually do lose, or Super Bowls they lose, or even playoff games they lose, people put their paws on Tom Brady. So, mm-hmm. and, and as cliche as that may sound, that's just a fact. Like me and Austin always joke about the game of football being won by fat guys up front, but it's so true on both sides, defensive defensive line and offensive line. Um, but I also think the Rams need to get up and and get a nice size lead. Like you don't want to get into the late game situation with the Patriots when you are the team with right. the least amount of experience and they got Tom over there who seems to like relish and relish those moments. So the Rams want to be going into the fourth quarter, like, you know, laughing and pouring Gatorade on their coaches and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and for those, and for those out there, I, I'm honestly, I'm going to watch the bowl and I'm going to watch the bowl for one reason. It really has nothing to do with the Rams or the Patriots. I just want to see um, Tony Romo perform. Like, I don't know how I, I really wasn't a fan. I really wasn't a fan of him as a quarterback. But after watching what he did in the AFC Championship game, I'm like watching the game to see him perform because that's exactly what he does. Is he performs? He doesn't call the game. He's performing. So um, I'm watching for Tony Romo. But with that being said, though, um, in terms of the Patriots, 
I feel like they need to get, do the exact opposite. Keep the game close. Um, you know, they're the older team. Keep the game close and 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 use their experience to to their advantage. You know, um, right? Because they got the guy the that's cliche. in a close game down the stretch who's gonna always keep it together no matter what. Exactly. And and the other cliche of football, but it's so true, which is why the cliche is the turnover battle. Both teams like. The Patriots almost had some costly mistakes in that last game. Um, the Hall of Famer, Julian Edelman, almost made a couple mistakes that cost him the game. Um, so they need to chill. That, that interception would have basically iced the game if, if dumb forward wasn't standing offside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so. Yeah, so. From a, from a Patriots standpoint, like, people are going to try to do something to take away Rob Gronkowski, Rob uh, Gronk. The Eagles did a pretty good job of that in the first half of the game last year, last season. But in the second half, Gronk was everybody's daddy, moving the ball up and down the field. So that's one of those things. For sixty minutes, you are not going to shut that dude down for sixty minutes. Um, this is the type of team where their names aren't big names, but they play so well together within the confines of that offense because we all know White can get hot out of the backfield. Edelman can get hot catching two-yard crossing patterns and and moving the sticks, you know, running after the catch. Um, And once they lull you to sleep with that kind of stuff, they can go deep to people like Hogan that you really don't even respect deep but that's why he ends up, ends up beating people because they lull you to sleep with all the dink and dunk stuff that they do and then hit you deep to, you know, guys that most people think are menial, but they, they play well within the confines of that offense. Um, yeah, uh, same here with Mito, as what you said, Jim. The, the Rams have to find a way to get out, at least have a two-score lead that they can hold on to rather than expecting their young quarterback to to, to join into that, that Brady shootout and put that kind of pressure yeah. on him. Not saying he won't answer the bell, but you'd rather not get into that situation because maybe eight, nine times out of ten, when you have people shooting out against Tom Brady, he usually ends up being the last man standing. And it always comes in the form of, somebody scores in the shootout, but they score too early. And you leave Tom Brady like a minute and a half, and that's way too much time. So I, I like the matchup, man. It, it should be it should, it should be a pretty good matchup. Um, and I'm starting to look forward to it. I guess, I guess the reason why I wasn't so excited, you know, I, I'm, I guess I was spoiled a little bit by last year by having a rooting interest in this thing. And then – the team kind of surprise you and gives themselves a, a, a slight chance to get back, and then it all goes by the wayside, and eh, you're not excited about any of this stuff. But I think it'll be a pretty good Super Bowl. I mean, when the Patriots are in it, it's always a pretty good game. They've won five freaking Super Bowls by a touchdown or less. So, you know, it's, it's know. also interesting because it goes to show you how long an NFL season is, because in the beginning of this season. People were talking about the Rams going undefeated, like literally. Right. Um, right. And who's going to beat the Rams? The, the amount of talent they have, and dream team, and all these things were being thrown around. And now they're underdogs, and the Patriots 
uh, people were talking about the dynasty's over, they're trash, and you just start their rebuild. <laughs> and what do you they're know? Right they're a favorite in the bowl. To a team That's the thing, though. Once they get there, no matter who they're playing against, they're always going to be the, the favorites because they just have so much experience. So once you get there against them, you just got to go earn it. So we'll see if the Rams can go out and do that. We'll give our picks, at least our initial picks, because like I was telling people, we'll have our our very short uh, pregame episode on Sunday where we give our final picks just in case we change our mind. But at the end of this one, um, we'll throw out winner and score right before we go off the air. All right, so real quick, I want to talk about the uh, stat of the week. Because not just reading the stat, I want to I want to get your opinion on this. Your man Jalil Okafor um, of 76ers draft fame <laughs> in the last five games, especially without Anthony Davis being in the lineup, you know he's he's been playing some really good basketball. In the last five games, he's gone 20 and 10, 17 and 10, 18 and 8, 24 and 15. And 27 and 12, 27 and 12, and a win against the Houston Rockets. So my question to you, Jim, do you think he can sustain this level of play? Like, has he turned a corner, or like we talked about a few weeks ago, is he having his his Jeremy Lin moment? Is this is this his Lin sanity moment, or is or is over <laughs> for here to stay? Here's the thing, he was because he might get a shot. How they trade ball. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to get a shot. He was a highly touted player coming out of Duke, um, right. and people forget how highly touted he was. And it's, it's crazy because I kind of felt bad for him seeing how things played out, considering you were that high of a pick and and how you were perceived. Um, so I was hoping that he got another shot. You know what I mean? Like I remember right. he was here and he was fighting uh, fans on the street, but I was hoping <laughs> he got another shot to play ball because there still has to be some sort of game there. Now he's getting right. an opportunity to, um, to to showcase his talent, and he's doing very well. But it's still too small of a sample size, because um, I'm I want don't want to be fooled again because I thought that this guy would be an all star in this league. See, for me, the one thing is like if you remember his rookie season, he averaged like seventeen and a half and seven rebounds. Scoring was never the thing, you know, with him. He could he could score the ball. The, I think the reason why things went the way they did in Philly, and I'm, you know, I, we've we've been vocal about that. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't quite like how Philly handled him, you know, throughout the the last season, season and a half of that whole fiasco. Anyway, but the reason why he was kind of phased out in Philly is because he's more of an old school big man. He's not that new prototypical, very athletic can run up and down the the court like a gazelle, you know, take you out top and do a whole bunch of stuff. Like he he's you know, he he can he can stretch you away from the basket and dribble, but he has a very good back to the basket game and his problem was he never played a lick of defense. He had slow feet and he wasn't a monster on the boards. And that and you know, I think a lot of that came from effort because if you look at the numbers in these last 5 games, there's obviously some effort being put forth there because, you know, he's showing you that he can rebound at more than a seven rebound per game clip. So for me, like the offense, I think, you know, that that's just going to be there if you're on a team that's willing 
to play the kind of offense that he shines in. Um, he might get an opportunity here because if, you know, the the news that we broke, well, the the big news of the, the week that we're going to talk about later, Anthony Davis and his trade request, you know, if that goes through, then, you know, Okafor is going to step up, get more minutes, and we're going to get a chance to see if he can keep doing that. But, yeah, I think to stay on the court and to stay relevant, he's going to have to start playing some defense and, and doing more on the boards. I never had a doubt about about his scoring, though. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. That is your stat of the week, though. Big Ja trying to ball out. <laughs> ja Rastafari. All right, so real quick before Jimmy tell us what's on the ground, I just want to let you guys know. Uh, you know the drill. Uh, y'all can check out our website, warroomsports.com, if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, if you want to give a Super Bowl pick, um, if you want to talk about Anthony Davis, um, if you want to talk about the Knicks trade, holler at us, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted, but if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. What's the deal, Jim? What happened this week, man? You already know. And why you were on the grind is brought to you by Sportsbook. If you're tired of reading the same old sports books for the same old sports list, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, and all kinds of BS that doesn't make any sense, you go oh. get a copy of Sportsbook, which you can find at sportsbook.com or at our hub, worldsports.com. Sports is an acronym for smart people only reading sports. Written by yours truly. And it's quite frankly the greatest sports book ever written. So remember, worldsports.com. Now it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the Grizz Night. As they say, as they would say on some of my ratchet, my favorite ratchet TV shows. Yeah, I mean, Grizz Night. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with your food that fire would be? Like, like what is, what's up with that, man? Like, you know. You said y'all who? struggling, y'all. Y'all struggling. Pat Poo's advice to Joe and Sin in the last uh, Love and Hip Hop. Oh, man. Y'all struggling, y'all relationship. So the idea, how we gonna fix this is y'all get married, huh? Yeah, that that made absolutely no sense. Like this dude's taking a situation; they're going through something that a lot of people get divorced over, and he thinks the remedy to their issues is to get married. All right, Pat, hat's a little too tight. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to loosen up the fitted or get a haircut under it or something. But yeah, that made no sense. Yo. That was bugger. That stuck out to me last show. You know what I mean, shout out to um, shout out to our listeners. Like, why are they talking with that? Like, ratchet t- war room ratchet TV coming soon. Anyway, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the first uh, first story I got to talk about is uh, the the Cola Wars, man. And those who don't know, like you know, somebody has their preference, Coke or Pepsi. Um, but the Cola Wars are real. Like, if you've ever met anybody that works at their Pepsi or Coke, you know how real those Cola Wars are to the point where, like, you know, they don't keep none in there. They won't allow you to drink one around them. Like, the Cola Wars are real. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like Crippa Cola and Blood Pop, really. <laughs> but um, so Atlanta, where the Super Bowl is located, is home of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola provides thousands upon thousands of jobs. They have a museum. They have their corporate headquarters. So Atlanta Man, is Coca-Cola town. And Pepsi is the sponsor of this year's Super Bowl. So they're coming into town, and they're trolling Coca-Cola with all sorts of uh, 
banners and ads everywhere talking pork chop greasy about Coca-Cola in their own town. <laughs> no, I I have people, I have close friends, well, a close friend who works for Coca-Cola down there. She's a, a, a Coke exec. Yo, we've been out, not even, not even, like, when you work there, the, the, the cola wars are real, Jimmy. <laughs> like, we've been out to restaurants, and if she finds out that they serve, like, Pepsi products, like, she'd be l- legit ready to leave. I'm like, yo, it's not really that yo, serious. Just get some water. I know a boy, I know a boy, <laughs> I know a boy who works in a Coca-Cola factory. He's not even an exec. And it, he checks beforehand to what they serve before he even goes to a restaurant. Yo, first of all, that must be a hell of a job. They must do some some great things for their employees to to make you like that. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just haven't found a, a, a job, you know, where I work for somebody else that made me go hard for them in that type of way. If it wasn't our own thing, like like Warroom Sports, like I'll diss yeah. ESPN in a minute for Warroom Sports, mm-hmm. but um. You know, other than that, like, I just haven't found that. So another thing, and if you ask the the person you know, he'll probably tell you this as well. Like, they can't bring any Pepsi products into the workplace, even if it doesn't say Pepsi. Pepsi owns Frito-Lay. You get caught with Doritos, that's your ass. <laughs> you get caught with some corn chips, that's your ass. Like, Cola Wars yeah. are so real. So to see Pepsi taking advantage of the fact that they're, you know, one of the lead sponsors of the NFL and they're blanketing this Coca-Cola town with blue billboards with these funny sayings on them, um, it's crazy because I, I think it's one of the most epic troll jobs I've ever seen. Um, let me see. I got like two of them here. One of the signs read, <laughs> one of the signs read look who's in town for Super Bowl 53. Um you know, and it's a big old uh, Pepsi joint, and they have like certain billboards that light up the Atlanta skyline. Another one that they have plastered around the city says, "Hey Atlanta, thanks for hosting. We'll bring the drinks." So, <laughs> if you're like the 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 soda company that runs this town, and you have to watch this company that's been your arch rival for century or so you know, come in and just disrespect you and troll you, like, I would love to be a fly on the wall at a Coca-Cola meeting right now. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it starts and, and, <laughs> some vandalism breaks out over this week of Cola They're going to figure out a way to, to, to try to get back. Um, and it's always interesting to me about the Cola, the Cola thing is how, like, how we have a, we clearly have a big two. But mm-hmm. in terms of size, they're not even close. Like, Coke is by far the biggest uh, brand in that space to the point right. where the number one consumed beverage in the world is Coca-Cola, and number two is not even Pepsi. It's Diet Coke. Diet Coke sells <laughs> more another than Coca-Cola. Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's close. Yeah. But the one, the one strategic move that Pepsi did, which kind of, like, you know, helps them in terms of their um, – Revenues or what have you is what you said. That Frito Lay purchase was major. Right. Um, um, they they own Frito Lay. They own like Quaker, you know, like the oatmeal yeah. and the cereal and all that kind of stuff. But so yeah, but you, just you know, you, <laughs> I go into my friend's house funny. and she has none of these products. I'm like, you can't tell me you don't like Quaker oatmeal. <laughs> 
F O H. And the crazy part is humans are so weird, right? That I, I was watching uh I think it's one like Hulu or thing. They have this thing where they um they go over the whole history of Coca in America. Um and it's uh, they say humans are so weird that the one thing Coca Cola was kinda like changed their bottle shape. So Coca Cola has a patent on their bottle shape. If you ever look at a Coke bottle like it's clear, it's different than everybody else. And for some reason, the human brain works in a way that it resonates with that shape, you know, to the point where people say, she's shaped like a Coke bottle. Like, that's the thing where they say that the the shape of the bottle is, like, kind of sexy in a weird way, and humans react to that. And I'm like, yo. Yeah, that's This is like uh, marketing psychology, but it's weird because it works. <laughs> but anyway, um, yo, with all that being said. I think. I think it was um, Skyview when we posted that on our um, Facebook page, and he's in the chat room now. He was telling a story of how he went to a restaurant in Atlanta, and I can attest to this as well um, because I've done this before, and he asked for um, a Pepsi product or something like that, and and the staff just basically looked at him like he had six heads or something because he was Mm -hmm. in that town asking for a Pepsi product. And shout out to Neil. In the chat room, she says she prefers Pepsi. Um, when I used to drink soda, uh, I, I fully agree. I always thought Pepsi was a little bit sweeter than Coke. And for a minute in college, I think I low-key was addicted to Pepsi for a minute. Just, yeah. you know, regular Pepsi and Mountain Dew. I think I had a little bit of an addiction. Um, <laughs> but I don't, yeah. know, I don't really bang with soda like that anymore. Maybe once in a while when it's all that's there to drink, but yeah, I don't really buy it. Only thing we buy with fizz yeah. is is ginger ale, and that's just because it's good for the bubble guts. But um, Cola yeah, um, <laughs> War is yeah, crazy. I don't drink yeah. either. Even though I'm Team mm-hmm. Coke, just because I'm a Coca Cola shareholder, because it, that was literally like the, <laughs> one of the first stocks. One of the first stocks I ever bought when I got into the stock market was Coca Cola, and to be honest with you, that also shows how powerful they are. Is because when I first learned about soccer, this is when I was a young boy in the 90s, um, I was like, I don't know what to do. And then someone said, well, buy something that you recognize. And the first two companies I bought were McDonald's and Coca-Cola. And that was only because their marketing was, like, ingrained in my head where, I, hey, I know what That's this funny. is. Like, <laughs> That's funny, though, because your, um, your play cousin, Killer Mike, he said his grandma bought him some Coca-Cola stock when he was five years old. Mm-hmm. That's probably because they from being Georgia. from Georgia. That's probably, that's probably the only Georgia. stock you even think yeah. about. Like, yeah. Buy some Coke stock. Everybody yeah. got that for Christmas. Does yeah, Magic Johnson like, yeah, have? Does Magic have some kind of stock in Pepsi? Because uh, Skyview said Magic Johnson is winning. He said he owns Pepsi, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure he doesn't I own Pepsi, but Pepsi. does he, he have some kind of stake Pepsi. in it? No. I could check that, but I don't. Know. I know for a fact he's not the owner of Pepsi. Not at all. Yeah, um, yeah, I know Junior yeah. Bridge. I know Junior Bridgman, who we uh, talked about um, last week, me and B. Austin, uh, who played for Milwaukee and is now like a, um, he's worth a couple hundred million dollars. Um, let me ask you the question I asked B. Austin last week, Devin, in a second. But getting back to Junior Bridgman, he, um, he all of his Wendy's and he got like a huge stake in Coca Cola. He got a huge amount of stock and he runs like a their bottling facility now. Um, what I was asking beyond, it was like a random sort, but it wasn't a random sort. So we had a story last week uh, during the show about the microwave Vinny Johnson, right? And oh, yeah. how he flipped. He only, he only made $5 million in the NBA, 
and he flipped that into several hundred million dollars through business and uh, car dealerships and such. And one of the other stories was about Junior Bridgman, um, who played um, in the 70s, and, and he was also a six-man. So the question I had to be off, I said, I'm just doing some reading. I was like, I wonder if it's about being a six-man where you make a nice <laughs> salary. You're not, you're, not, you're not quite a star. Um, so you don't have the expectations of the face of the franchise, but you make enough money where you can still sit back and, you know, enjoy life and not have to, like, compete with the top best. I wonder, if it's, I wonder if we did a study, is it more six men that have better success after the game? Do you think there's anything to that? Or That's funny different? because, it, it, like, I, don't, I think it could be something to that because, you know, like you're saying, they're six men. They're not superstars. So they're not but you're still banking important. on yeah. their life being funded by endorsements and all of that kind of stuff. So they might get a, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, this this is a, a type of analogy. It's not money related, but it's kind of like how backup point guards and backup quarterbacks seem to become better coaches. Good coaches. Then yeah, yeah, they become good coaches. So and and it, it might be you have to plan in your mind like they might have to think about life after basketball a little more than those dudes in the starting five yeah. and especially the superstars and the megastars because they might have something that could fund their life for the rest of their life. Yeah. And a lot of them don't, but they're just so used to being so famous. Like they just think they're going to be famous and rich for the rest of their lives. So that's why <laughs> a lot of them end up going broke. Whereas the six man's like, I got to think about life after sports. It might yeah, be something that, you, man. I we need to like, do a study. Six man yeah, study. Yeah, I need to do a study. I said, because what I'm thinking about is when you're a six man, it's like, you're not at the bottom of the bench, so you, but and, and you're still important. You're just as important. Some will say a six man is just as important as any starter. So you're going to make a certain amount of money. You're going to make more than the, the guy who's like the bench warmer, but you're, right. you don't have the pressure of, as being one of the starting five. Like there's something about being in that spot, the six, <laughs> the six or seventh man. It's that's like a sweet spot. Yeah, you're in the rotation. Though, you know we don't mean? see, we don't see Lou Will, um, Jamal Crawford. And, and Lamar Odom in too many commercials. <laughs> so yeah, you don't. Yeah, get you their don't. money right. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a thought what I saw when I read the inventory. That's thinking in my mind, like, I wonder if there's something to that. But anyway, and, getting back uh, to the Cola Wars. The Cola Wars, they Scott are real. found um, what he was talking about. Yeah. He said Pepsi Cola has agreed to sell. They, they agreed to sell a stake in its Washington area bottling operation to uh, Urban Magic okay. Johnson. And Earl Graves. So he has a, um, so he got well, a stake in the, so in the Washington the area. Yeah. Yo, now that's what I was though. wondering. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever it is, it's probably a nice stake, but you know, Irvin doesn't own the company. And that's kind of what Junior. That's <laughs> kind of that's kind of what the dude Junior Bridgman did. And, and, and uh, Scott, you can look up his history. He was one of the top. He was like, I think the top Wendy's franchiser, um, uh, franchisee right now um, in the country. And he he got rid of all of them to get a stake in Coca Cola bottling. Now here's how ill Coca Cola is as a company. Coca Cola is so successful as a company that they literally have two separate companies. One called Coca Cola, which is the beverage which we're talking about, and Coca Cola Bottling is a whole separate company traded on the stock market right. with its own ticker symbol. And it's so they bottle a bunch of bottles here yeah, that ain't even Coke. They they, <laughs> they bottle all Coke, but then they also bottle like Dr. Pepper and a whole other. They bottle some of their rivals. Mm-hmm. 
sodas. Like <laughs> that's how big Coca Cola bottling is. Um, you know that reminds know, me of though. I know way too much about Coca-Cola. that. Reminds me of like the Samsung iPhone thing where doesn't yeah, doesn't yeah. Samsung like sell some make parts to iPhone or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, they make the chip pass on you. I know way too much about cola for someone who doesn't even drink cola. I drink infused waters in my Contigo <laughs> bottle. But, but but I just, it's just shout out to Dasani and Aquafina. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Smart Water. You know what I mean? Smart mm-hmm. Water is uh, Coca Cola too. Anyway, um, and honesty is also Coca Cola. But that's either here or there. But shout out to Pepsi because this is amazing trolling. It's amazing marketing. Yeah, um, and I heard Coca Cola being pulled out of out of the bowl altogether. Like they didn't even do they. Usually when Pepsi sponsored like last year, Coca ran like a um ad that came right before the game started. They pulled that too. I don't know if it's like a song genre, like I don't want them to do with y'all or I don't know what it is. Speaking of trolling though, we got we got a couple a couple more uh got another trolling story that happened while you were on the grind. That's the same uh coach Sean Payton. Um who wore a Ron Goodell clown shirt to a press conference. And he was kind of like fake flagging too because he wore a little sweater over it, but he he like yeah. pulled the zipper down enough so you could see what it is. <laughs> he really ain't about that life. Yo, the New Orleans Saints are salty as hell, and they have every right to be. You know what I'm saying? Because I see a lot of people like, get over it. The game's over. I mean, this is the Super Bowl, and these type of windows don't last forever. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm on record saying I think the Saints' window to win another Super Bowl is shorter than a lot of people think. So, you know, I'd be mad as hell, too, if I was them. But like you said, he went to his end-of-the-season press conference with a shirt. He had a shirt where the top, the collar kind of zipped. And like you said, he zipped it down, and the shirt featured Roger Goodell's face with a, a red clown nose on it. Now, he didn't just prominently feature this like you had to be really paying attention to see this and um since since the stories come out jimmy i've seen plenty of places on the internet where you can buy this shirt for those interested in Mm -hmm. clowning roger goodell quite literally but yeah sean payton it's a nice troll but like you said he's not completely about that life because he still went in there covering it up so Look, man. Yeah. If yeah. y'all think they cost you a bowl and he could have done something about it, I'd have went out there. That'd have been the only shirt I had on. <laughs> Take the fine and move Yo, on. It's crazy. Be a punk. It's crazy because I, I I thought that play was like absolutely egregious, but I watched a couple um uh, YouTube videos who he got to play, and from what I see now, the ball was tipped. Uh oh. So I haven't even noticed that. Because if the ball was tipped, then yeah, it means nothing. And they crying over yeah, nothing. Yeah, I saw a couple. Yeah, I saw a couple YouTube like break it down and they slow it down and they show it real slow and real slow and it looks like the ball was tipped and its trajectory like went off after it was tipped. Um, they probably the, they the slowed it down like they slowed down Spitgate in the NBA. Pretty much. Yep. And and, and I'm like, wow, why isn't this on the news that it, the ball was tipped? So you know. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, if you want to be, you got to commit to something like that if you're going to do it. Don't be halfway trolling. You're a halfway crook. You scared to death. You scared to look. You scared to death. You scared to look. Sure. She is naive. Yeah. She is naive. So, now, so last story I want to talk about from you online. This is a Detroit Lions linebacker in base punched a police officer. Um, he's lucky to still be with us because we uh, right. 
cops that have killed people for less. Right. Um, all I got to say is, you know, it's good to see Detroit linebackers finally hitting somebody. But uh, this is the wrong wow, thing to do. <laughs> Basically, they said he had an he had an incident in New York. Um, and I, I, was he being like I forgot what actually led to his his arrest? Uh, I think he was. Uh, whatever happened, he's he's he now after the, the punch. Line. I think it was like a. They said he was accused of refusing to pay a thirty two dollar cab fare. So I guess when the driver called the police, they arrested him. When they took him into the station, they told him, okay, you know, it's it's not anything serious. We're going to do whatever, and we're going to let you go. They said he was agitated the whole time, and when they uncuffed him, he punched the policeman in his face. Um, Mm -hmm. He was taken to the hospital, and I believe he had a concussion, so he hit the ball kind of hard. so now he's in a whole lot more trouble for doing that. But as Jimmy pointed out, at least they didn't kill him. They did tase him though to to get him under control, but they didn't kill but him. They said only he, reason they the only reason was probably because they were already in the police station. They didn't want to pop him in the police he, station. For the last couple of days, he's been over undergoing like multiple mental evaluations. So you know the yeah. first thing that comes to mind when you hear about you know an NFL player snapping hitting somebody and they're doing a mental evaluation, you know what mind goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so maybe maybe he really uh really has an I don't want to say an excuse, it's never an excuse to do anything like that. But, you know, you're banging your head every day for a living. Yeah. You know you got it. You know what I'm saying? Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tell the truth. That, that's the first thing. Yo, I will keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear a story like that. Um, because ain't no same same man of color going just gonna sing on the cops. Right in the police station. I mean, it's like thirty five cops. Yeah, yeah. He might have a, he might have an excuse. <sighs> we'll see what happened to him. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody need to tell him the truth, man. But anyway, those are the stories that happened this past week while you were on the ground. All right. I'm going to give you all some quick, quick birthday shout-outs before we get into some of this NBA talk. And like I said, finish the show off with with our Super Bowl picks. But these birthdays do not have a sponsor, so we're going to get right into it. Birthday Birthday shout-outs. Mario Williams, who was famously drafted over Reggie Bush, um, and in hindsight, for everybody who were, who was complaining, uh, that was the right pick. I thought it was the right pick then, even though Reggie Bush was a monster in college. Um, it was the right pick. He turns 34. Shout out to him, Vernon Davis, NFL tight end. He turns 35 years old. Now this next one is going is going to make you feel old as hell, Jim. Othella Harrington turns 45. <laughs> like, why is Othella Harrington 45 years old? Shout out to Othella of Georgetown fame. Played in the NBA for a little while, but he played in Georgetown with uh, with AI. Uh, shout out to the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. He turns 51 years old. Crazy part about that, Jim, is like he's considered a young coach, a young up-and-coming coach. 
and your man is still 20 years his junior. <laughs> One that's of the Super crazy. Bowl that's coaches crazy. this weekend. Yo, that's, crazy. that's really crazy. Um, Nolan Ryan, he turned 72. And we got a bunch of rest in peace shout-outs. Rest in peace to Ernie Banks. Uh, he was born uh, January 31st, 1931, died January 23rd, uh, 2015. Uh, R.I.P. to the late, great Jackie Robinson. Uh, he was born January 31st, 1919, and he died October 24th, 1972. Uh, rest in peace, shout out to Jersey Joe Walcott, the boxer. He was born uh, January 31st, 1914. He passed uh, February 25th, 1994. And last but not least, Rest in peace to Don Hudson, who was born January 31st, 1913. He died June 26, 1997. And we'd be remiss if we didn't give a nice war room birthday salute to one of our brothers, one of our partners, one of our co-hosts who's not here with us today. The Bull B. Austin, the hot block commander, is celebrating a birthday. So shout out to him. And shout out to all these other people on their birthdays. Yeah, gang, gang. All right. It's my birthday. Yay! So that's your birthday shout outs. And like I told you guys earlier, you can check out the website at any time, whether we're on the air or not, warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of these NBA topics that we're about to get into, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. I thought that we had some people on the switchboard a little bit earlier. I guess we took too long and they hung up. If you all out there listening, call back. Get your rap on. All right. So um, NBA rap. Go. Yes, sir. It's time to talk about this thing of our, you know, the National Basketball Association, and that's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology. If you or your custom website, stop using Wix sites, set your game up, call Digital Extreme Tech. You can do that by going to digitalextremetech.com, or you can call them 267-205-4203, and when they say, hey, how'd you hear about it? The War Room, of course, and that's how you get a special so, um, Illuminati That's digital extreme tech two six seven two zero five four two zero three. But it's time to talk about this thing of us. Oh, yeah, I've heard some more uh, Curtis Blow stuff lately on like um, on Rock the Bells. Hey, yo, he why sure. was he like ever that dude in hip hop? <laughs> no disrespect, <laughs> but. <laughs> A long way. Yeah, like a long no way. disrespect. Nah, but even back no, then, but, uh, like, we, like, come on, guys. <laughs> we always start off with the players of the week, and this past week, it's the Greek freak. Uh, in the East and in the West, we got PG thirteen Paul George having a tremendous season after getting eight gallons right. of fluid drained up his elbow. <laughs> That's right, and the Greek freak. Led the Milwaukee Bucks to another 2-1 week. He averaged 30.7 points per game, 15.7 rebounds per game to go along with four assists per game. Paul George led the Oklahoma City Thunder to a 4-0 week. Um, One of those four games was a heartbreaker. 
to my Philadelphia 76ers where Paul George hit a three-pointer and one at the damn, damn near at the buzzer to beat us um, in a game that we, we definitely had won. But he's averaging 31.5 points per game last week, nine rebounds on 56.8% shooting from the three-point line. So shout-out to those two guys. Uh, balled last week. They've both been balling all season. Um, Paul George you know, maybe not like, you know, a top candidate, but he's definitely stepped his name into that MVP race. Mm-hmm. And he better than mute. I mean, it's easy <laughs> because I was joking, but they did say that in the offseason that one of the biggest things he did was he had his elbow ring. It was something ridiculous, the amount of fluid that came out of his elbow. But I'm <laughs> like, damn, uh, I wonder how many other cats did elbow drain if that's what happened as a result of that. Um, so he's getting back in the PG-13 form. It's lovely to see, although it's still a waste playing in OKC. But with that being said, though, the Greek freak is still tearing things up. I didn't see Jason Tatum's name up there. Shout out to Court. I know you listen to Beloved, and you're going to stop fighting on that line. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got nothing for that. I ain't speaking yeah. on that no more. Anyway, that's what we Because we got to get to the biggest story of the weekend. It seems like all the sports and um, – Part of me feels like this is just a conspiracy. The NBA finds a way during the World Series, during the Super Bowl, to kind of like they, they become they're, – they're doing what football did. 24-7, right. basketball is relevant. So Anthony, this Anthony Davis story, which is the big story of the week. We talked about it a little bit earlier. But um, Anthony Davis trying to get out of Nolan um, has been the biggest sports story of the week. It, it definitely has. It definitely has. It it seemed for a while, Jim, that Anthony Davis was going to be the quote-unquote good soldier for them and play it out as long as he could. But with Clutch as his management, and that was, you know, everybody made a big deal out of that when it happened earlier this season. Um, you you kind of knew once he switched that a power move was coming, even though he always said the right things. But that's what Clutch is about. You know what I'm saying? They have the most powerful player in the league with LeBron James, so they're no strangers to power moves. And, you know, Anthony Davis publicly requesting or demanding a trade um, is pretty much a power move. But when they first demanded the trade, he said that he would play out the rest of the season. So I think, you know, he was saying that, you know, he was demanding the trade for the offseason. But now they've kind of ratcheted up the pressure on the Pelicans, and I've, they're trying to get them to get something done before the trade deadline, which is uh, basically a, a few days away. Or not a few days away, but it's coming up soon. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis was also fined $50,000 by the NBA after Rich Paul um, told Wojo that his client wants to be traded. So he's basically being fined 50000 for – making his trade demands public. But Rich Paul, like I said, they're in the business of power moves. You know exactly what you're doing when you go to Woj to do this instead of just going to the team. So what did you think when you heard it? Surprised or no? Yeah. Um, I wasn't surprised. I mean, this came right in the clutch. I'll be here all week. But uh, I wasn't really surprised. 
Um, and I thought it was a big deal when I first heard about the fine, but then, like, you know, as I, I, I watch content, they say, well, this isn't the first time it happened. It happened to such and such and such. Like, a number of players have did this before. Um, they just, like, look, charge that to the game. Um, it's interesting because my whole thing with this and the same thing with the Kyrie move is I want to see how the league reacts to this because, you know, I'm – Many people don't like people teaming up, and I get all that. The thing about teaming up is I don't know if it's, like, been good for the league in terms of just um, marketing the league itself because it's almost like a second game. It's like it's like right. fantasy sports come to life where people all season talk about what if such and such play here, what if he go there. It's like a second game going on amongst the hoops actually being played. I see just as we talk about where someone will possibly land or where they're going to go. Um, and to me, it's helped the league, not to say relevant, because the league's always been relevant, but we talk about living in the digital age where everything moves at the speed of light. And you talk about, like, just being on the tip of people's tongues. It keeps the NBA talked about. It's, it's in a weird way, in a weird way. So even if you're saying there, it, the, the talk will start to be about, okay, so now what's Boogie going to He's going to stay in Golden State and, it's such, such it's like a second game. Right. All right. I, I wanted to wait on something, <laughs> but we'll we'll go back to to AD in a minute because it's definitely the biggest story of the week. But we got some breaking news here. Uh, we got some breaking NBA news in the house. The All Star reserves have been named uh, from the Western okay. Conference. Yeah. We got LaMarcus Aldridge, Anthony Davis, uh, Nikola, Nikola Djokovic, the Joker, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Russell Westbrook. That's your reserves from the West. From the East, we got Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, uh, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Victor Oladipo, your man, my man, Ben Simmons, yeah, Benny, and uh, Nikola Vucevic. Um, interesting, interesting. We know that uh, Victor Oladipo is going to be replaced. You look at this. Now, I haven't thought about other players right away. You just look at who made yeah, it, I'm trying to think like and you kind of think like, okay, the people who made it seem to have deservingly made it. I'm looking at the East right now. But you look at that team, and you're like, man, the East – like, these dudes have been balling, and they probably should be all-stars, but this team is trash. <laughs> like, like Chris Middleton <laughs> is a baller, but, like, Chris Middleton doesn't sound like all-star Chris Middleton. And the fact that Kyle Lowry, you know, as good as he turned out to be, the fact that he's a perennial all-star, I'm like, yo, the East is lacking a little bit. Um, Vucevic. Somebody you never expected to make an all-star game, but he deserves it the way that he's been playing. Um, Blake Griffin's kind of been balling out of his mind, and Bradley Beal as well. But it just still looks weak (laughs) compared to the West when you look at Aldridge, Davis, the Joker, Lillard, Clay, Cat, Russell. (laughs) But remember, remember they're going to pick teams, though. So it's not going to be East-West, so it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, Brian going to end up yeah, picking but that, but that, Ben Simmons on his team. But that's what I was talking about when I was telling, like, Tobias, it's hard to judge somebody in this, in this day and age. It's almost like a completely different game. 
And then right. when you think about the fact that a word came out this week that Blake's trying to get out of Detroit. Like that's what I, that's what I mean. The NBA is like is it it's in constant motion, man. Um, yeah. And I think I think all of that was set in place, the commissioner and David Stern. So on one hand, like they're going to try to do something to combat this because it has to put the owners off. But at the same time, what is it? so? It's like the the NBA commissioners have a job. They work for the uh, the owners of the team. But at the same time, this is probably good for the NBA overall. But specific owners have to be pissed. If I yeah, own a small market team, I gotta be pissed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so yeah, let, let, let's go back to the to the to the to the AD thing. Yeah, and that's true. Like small market, like New Orleans, and and everybody's trying to get out of what they're doing because it's it's difficult for you as a small market team to quickly put the the pieces around these guys to make them want to stay. So yeah, it's definitely if you're if you're an owner like Jimmy said of a small market team, like you don't really know what to do at this point. If you want to win, like if you just want to make money, then that's one thing. You know that can be done. But if you actually want to win, it's hard to keep a guy there because you, I don't know. The, the, there's no allure to the city, so you're not grabbing Yo. free agency. Like we're looking at Even the Knicks draft, and yeah. how they're gutting their. You know they're the biggest city in the damn world. And they to have trouble mm-hmm. getting free agents to come there now because even if you are in a big market like you like you guys touched on earlier if your management sucks <laughs> I don't know man yeah. it's, it's it's hard out here for a pimp um yeah. so yeah. AD the the most of the rumors him has been surrounding him going to the Lakers um to, to team him up with LeBron. So the Lakers are trying to put packages together to send some of those young players and some of those draft picks. Uh, it seems like t- now the Pelicans wouldn't even take their call until today. They finally picked up the phone um, because the thought is that people don't, they no longer like to help the Lakers out. Your man Popovich made sure he did his job and called the Pelicans to hate on the Lakers to tell them How is that not, tampering not to help them, just like he did last year when he refused to send Kawhi Leonard to to the Lakers. Um, yeah, but that's 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 a that's a good question right there though. Like, you know, why is he not getting fined? If that's not tampering, then what is? He's sitting here trying to convince somebody not to make a trade that could be good for them. Like when you make a trade, you have yeah. to worry about yourself. It's just like, you know, yep. when people talk about the Kobe Bryant, not the Kobe Bryant, the um, Pau Gasol trade. Pau Gasol. And oh, how they, the, oh, the Lakers killed that trade because they ended up winning a championship. But, the you know, the Grizzlies were nowhere near a championship. So they had to look out for themselves. And that trade actually did well for them. Kind of made them a perennial playoff team for at least a decade after those players, yeah. you know, came into their own or whatever. And that's what you have to do. You're not looking to – well, if I trade them uh, Paul Gasol, or now if I trade them Anthony Davis, that might put them over the hump for a championship. If you're not in a championship mix, then why does that even concern you? So Pretty don't much. let Popovich, you know, don't let him convince you 
to not take a deal that's good for you because he's worrying about the Lakers being ahead of the Spurs. He's not thinking about y'all. Yeah. So that, that's he's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that that should definitely he's bring up here. some tampering charges of its own. Yeah, and I, I don't understand how that's not tampering, but you know it is what it is. Um, I like to see guys like Kawhi and AD like like really call these teams like play for Toronto and then still sign somewhere else anyway. That'd be amazing because it is like, well, I told you before I came here, it's what I was gonna do. Um, right, right. And by, and by See, all accounts, he but, is trying to park in L.A. because my man just bought a crib. But people think they always have a chance now because Paul George and gave everybody hope because he yeah. said he was doing that and he he ended up staying. But ain't no Russell Westbrook on Toronto. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that no, you can get close to and think like, all right, we might actually be able to do something together. He ain't really had that in Toronto. You got a nice team. No. But – I think, you know, they nice in the East. After that, man, <laughs> might be a waste of your time. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what Anthony Davis is going to end up doing, but there's a lot of teams out there, of course, that are interested but have to tread lightly because of the fact that it has come out that the Lakers are his first choice as well. And he's basically saying, wherever I go, I'm going to end up being a rental. The Boston Celtics probably could put a better package together for him than the Lakers, but they would have to get rid of um, Kyrie Irving and doing it because of the Rolls rule. Um, yeah. Now, if they could, you know, it, it's possible to have those two on the same team, but they would have to go about it in a different manner. Um but the Celtics could put together a hell of a package for the guy, but is it worth it to them to take that risk and then he ends up not re-signing? So looks like the Lakers are front front runners, but it look, it's looked like the Lakers have been front runners on the last couple of big name free agents. Yeah, I don't believe it. And right, and, it so, and you don't know. So it's like the Lakers, you, you can't keep getting away with not giving up your assets to go ahead and go get the dude. And I think they're trying to do that. But like I said, until today, the Pelicans wouldn't even answer their call. Um, I think everybody pretty much wants a package that includes maybe like two draft picks, Lonzo Ball, um, Kyle Kuzma. But they're trying to throw Brandon Ingram off on people with Lonzo Ball and a couple of draft picks. So. We'll see if they can come to a common ground. But I know how you feel because we talked about it. Like, if Kyle Kuzma had to go to get Anthony Davis, I, then you'd pretty much pack him up and drive him to the airport your damn self. So. <laughs> yeah, get, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Yeah. yeah. Always yeah. Don't be getting the best player. Although, although you don't know, be a Cleveland. You lose more talent. Yeah, don't do that. Don't be a Cleveland and, um, when, you, when, you pass, when, you, when you don't go get Amari because you don't want to give up. Uh, what's the ball name? Who ended oh, up being Trizzy? Yeah, Triz Nae. Oh, who was it? Yeah. <laughs> what is his name? And this is uh, what's the what's the, the the um the scenario that uh, Tobias always brings up, where the Bulls could have had somebody, but they didn't want to get rid of somebody that's complete and utter trash. I don't know who it was. But <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's always it's so many of these stories in NBA history where it's like, yo, we could have had. And then you insert great name player here, but we didn't want to get rid of. And then you insert bum there. Um, 
not that I'm and I'm calling Kuzma a bum. I'm saying if it's if it's a matter of getting Anthony Davis a, a generational player, and I mean Kuzma is a good player, but does Kuzma have like you know um, legendary? Not right now. Not, he can't develop it. He'd probably be better off developing it somewhere else anyway. So it might be good for him. Right. Let him Somewhere go. go. Green light. Exactly. Um. Damn, why can't I think yeah, of his name though? Cleveland Bull. <laughs> um. Was it Anthony, wasn't Anthony name. Bennett? That was before Anthony Bennett, right? Nah, yeah, it wasn't Anthony Bennett. It was um. J.J. Hickson. <laughs> That's it, J.J. Hickson. <laughs> J.J. freaking Hickson. <laughs> Um, and then they ended up shipping him anyway to Sacramento. So yeah, it was it was crazy. Speaking of um like green lights and 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 draft picks and such, what do you think about the whole Knicks trade? Um, I see some Knicks fans online who are going crazy, calling it the dumbest thing ever. I see some that actually like the trade because they have enough money um in the free in free agency to go after both Kyrie and KD. Um, who knows what'll happen there? But what do you think about like uh the one thing no one's really talking about is the Dallas side. I wanna know what you think about the Dallas side of this first before you can give me your Knicks perspective. What do you think about the Dallas yeah. side? Everybody's so hung up on what the Knicks have done or what they're doing. No one's mentioned the fact that Dallas got uh you know, young Heathrow on their team. <laughs> Yo. Yo, I I love the trade for Dallas. Like, you know, Porzingis if he comes back healthy, I mean you get to team him up with a young Luka Doncic Doncic, I don't even want to say his last name. A uh, young Luka. Um, and that is, you know, that's a that's a tandem that could be great in the NBA for years to come. Um, it's a European tandem, so people are probably gonna look at it right away as it being a little bit soft. But you know, Porzingis, it, it's always a question of health. You know, what I'm saying if you can get him healthy, you saw what he could do in the NBA when healthy. So if, if he could get that injury bug out of here, come back healthy, and stay healthy for the most part. Um, that could be a hell of a move with two great young pieces to build around. Um, on the Knicks side of things, okay, you can you can kind of see what they're doing. Um, and and I didn't even mention Dallas also got Tim Hardaway Jr., which is you know that's a pretty good pickup in his own right. Um, his contract is a little bit more than what it should be for a player on of his level. And I think that's a part of what the Knicks was trying to do. They were trying to get rid of yet another bad contract. But do you notice this trend with the Knicks? Like they're always doing stuff to get rid of bad contracts that they signed. You know what I mean? So so now they, they're they going to have like $76 million in cap space or something <laughs> like that with the ability to sign two. The names that are floating around are like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um if they end up doing that, then all is fine in New York. <laughs> the Knicks are back. But yeah, as of right. now, this, the, the, the franchise's fans are just tired of seeing this same scenario play out and then nothing happens. Like we were in the chat earlier and somebody was saying, I think Tobias was asking, like, do you think the Knicks did this because they know that they're going to get Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving? First of all, I don't believe in any – handshake deals in the NBA because we've seen too many people get burned on the back end. So I don't know what they think they know or if it's just a shot because somebody replied to that like, oh, Kevin Durant is definitely in their scope. But somebody tell me 
a, a year when there's big free agents out there that aren't in the Knicks scope. Like the Knicks were supposed yeah. to get LeBron uh, some years back. So the Knicks were supposed so to get this guy. No Knicks were supposed to get that guy. So what happens? If what happens with the seventy-six if they don't get it? You stuck with who? <laughs> That's the thing. Then they're gonna go out and overpay another guy on the level of a Tim Hardaway Jr. And Knicks fans are gonna be mad all over again. Because they got Jim. The plan. The plan. The plan is big right now. I see Knicks fans like, yeah. The ones who do like it. Yo, this is cool because we're going to get KD, we're going to get Kyrie, and we're probably going to end up drafting Zion. So they think they're going to go from basement to championship. Yo, I forgot, I forgot <laughs> in about one that. So if that happened that for them, which the that NBA, you know. The six is in. Right. I was about to say, which the NBA offices are in Manhattan, and it's been a long time since the Knicks were good. Hey, it could possibly happen if they get the number one pick. Then we know the fix is pretty much in. If they get the number one pick, if you give them the number one oh, pick while crazy. they're sitting on seventy-six million dollars of cap space, come on, son. <laughs> I already got my ideas about the the draft lottery and and the number one pick, but they'll just be proving my point yeah, a little I bit further even, if that I happens. I forgot. I forgot all about the fact that they'd be writing a lottery with a chance to get that high of a pick. I was focused so much on the fact that I'm like. What if nobody comes and you gonna end up like you know paying a a, a six man a starter salary like it's just interesting man but at the same I think it was also Tobias um or Kenny Mac one of them in our uh, in our uh, chat it was like look sometimes you just gotta go for them. like what's the alternative you gotta sometimes you just gotta go for it <clears throat> so we'll see how it works out for the Knicks I just thought it was interesting no one was seeing the Mavericks and it's like they made a move too which could you know solidify them for some time to come. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. So I mean, and the Knicks on the other side, you know, they get DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews. I hear that there's a chance that they might waive Wesley Matthews. That kind of intrigues me as a Sixers fan. I'm like, they waive Wesley Matthews. We better be trying to make a, uh, you know, a little run so, for him. So imagine everything works out the way we just said, and you end up next year with Kyrie, Zion, KD, and DeAndre in the middle. Too. And DeAndre, play, you know, yeah, and then the Knicks are back. <laughs> then the Knicks are definitely back. Um, we got a, a, a caller on the line. Uh, I think it's the second time. I tried to get to him the first time, but you hung up, homie. We got Rob calling in from Cali. Rob, what's going on, good brother? Got to make it quick. Yo, it's your boy, Big Rob, a.k.a. Slippery Slope, and because it's raining outside. But, you know... I always carry my umbrella, and I'm talking. I'm talking about something a little bit bigger. But anyways, man, what's up? How y'all doing? Good. How are you? That's good. That's good. That's good. All I gotta say, I gotta say two, two, three things. One, I gotta say, yo, about the trade. I'm a little on it because you know I know this is like a this is a power move. You know, pun intended. A very power move. Um. Uh. This is a top five play in the NBA. This is a top five play in the NBA. Why not go at them? I don't know why in these trade scenarios we're not letting go of our shooting guard that can't shoot. You know, at least keep one of the big, one of the one of the young core. Like at least they should keep at least like at least one player like Kuzma or maybe Alonzo. At least keep one of them. Like that Brandon Brandon Ingram, all of our draft picks. 
and uh, half of off ago, and KP, you know, that's who, that's his name. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not really up to y'all. If you, like you said, he's a top five player in the NBA. If you expect to get him, you got, you know, it's going to be hard to just get him for nothing because it's not exactly like his contract is up. So it's not like they're pressed because they're going to lose him in the off season. If they wanted to force him to be there, then they could. So trading him now gives them the most leverage that they could possibly have as a team. So if you get rid of them now, you're going to have to, you know, you got to come off something for them. They're not just going to take your scraps. <laughs> They're not going to let you keep your best young player. That'll be the first name that they go after. Dude, what are I you mean, doing in the background? Yeah, we'll see. You all right, Rob? Oh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm all right. Everybody here, this, you know, kind of people are laughing because everybody – in the in the East Coast, y'all got snowstorm, and we we just got like you know, seventy sixty degree weather. But you know it's raining right now, so you know I'm, I think y'all did a I think y'all I did mean, I think y'all did a I think y'all got jumps did a hoodoo on us. That's the hell there. That's gonna be sixty five no, here we, on Tuesday, so it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. This weekend's supposed to get warm, which is crazy in itself. But listen, man. I mean, we all got we all got our uh, you know. Right, it sounds like you're getting chased by a Doberman pincher, man. Y'all was burning down neighborhoods a couple months ago. But what well, we ain't burning down neighborhoods. Well, well, I was in the '60s, though. But you know, nah, man. Like, no, no, not like no. that. Not like I'm talking about the fires that spread. But anyway, man, moving on to what you said, like. You got to give something to give something, man. Like, you got to be able to give a player. And the fact of the matter is, the only player that's untouchable in the Lakers is probably Bron. Um, if, and if, so, outside if, of that, if he, any of those guys can go. If he does this move, when y'all talk about, can y'all give a round of applause for Magic? Because everybody was down on him. Everybody was saying, he only got the job because he's Magic. Everybody was talking, talking mad about, about, about my boy. You know what I'm saying? He did only get the job because he married. What what changes that? Well, hold on, hold on though. I didn't hear any criticism of Magic. I, I mean, maybe maybe we live, have two different equal equal chambers, but I never heard Magic right. criticized. I heard people say if but anybody I'm, can get it done, it is Magic. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, bro, like what's what's wrong with thinking? Okay, he got the job because he Magic. You Magic. That's the benefit you get. You get stuff because you're Magic. You work. Yeah, listen. Every damn it, every former NBA player. Got 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 a has a has a GM job, bro. Would, do, nobody said the same thing about Jerry West. Nobody said the same thing about Larry Bird. No, Joe yeah. How you know Jerry West been a GM since like the damn '80s? How you know nobody said that? You probably weren't even here. No the thing is, who cares? The thing is, you work hard. Like as Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson worked hard to have the of his name getting him a job. To be Magic Johnson, right? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's. You work hard. You work hard. I, I, I got a problem with us. We like not not you per se, Rob, but people in general who get. He only got that because listen, people work hard. Like you work hard, because you can say, you know, Dev someone got that job because he's dead. Well, you did right. Dev got his ass off. So Dude, to walk Rob, in what are you up. doing in the background, though? Oh no, that's, that's his raindrop, man. Yeah, ain't no rain like that. Like that, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yo. Sound like you're in a horror movie or yo, something, man. Yo, it sounds like you're eating a box of a whale. <laughs> what? What's going on over there? A box of what? A box of what? It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy over there, cuz. I do, I, 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 I do want to say this, too. 
to 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 oh, black. I, to say, black I do like well, but my fuck. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I I, I do want to say this to black folks uh, who are voting in the next election. Don't be fooled by Camila Harris. I live in California. She's from oh, the industrial complex. She's from the industrial complex. No, no, no. I don't think anybody's fooled. She gets killed on my. According to what you see, I ain't seen nothing positive. Yo, real talk, the only people I I see defending her at this point is like AKAs and people that went to Howard. (laughs) That's the only people I see defending her. They tell you what I'm talking about the AKAs. I do not trust any. Any any divine nine that that practice a paper bag test, where's the mother? Alright, man. Well, we got we you gotta know, go, man. We we got to test. Real quick, yeah, Rob, and, and you, Rob, you really just have to give us give us the, the your winner and a quick score. We gotta go. Like we we really gotta go. Give us your uh, let me prediction. See. Let me see. Dude, all, you don't know this already. Shout out to L. A. You know what I'm saying? You can't respond to my inbox, but anyways, man. Yo, uh, yo, yo, uh, yo. You, got, you um, jumped in his, his DMs. T- Thirty-five. <laughs> hey, man, he was calling out Eagle fans. Talk about he wanted to catch a fade. I have to do a video from him. I'm like, hey, B, yo, we, we want to meet up. Yo, man, I'm from LA. Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm from LA, I forgot you. I forgot you was trying to take. You was trying to take his invitation to, to exchange hands. I forgot about that. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. I'm from LA, dude. You know, boys in the hood. Fuck we have a mean. problem here. Do we have a problem? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, but okay. The score. I'm gonna say thirty-eight. Uh, uh, 17, Dang. and I'm, you know, I just feel that this young team, I, I don't know how the Rams Rob, Rob who's going to win the huh? game, dude? We got to go. Who's going to win gonna the win game? The game is going to be won by the young man, the, the youngest head coach. All right, Rams 38-17. We hear you. And, All right, man. And, and Thanks I for your call. And Fred, and Fred, got, I will choke Fred right. for. Got it. Yo. <laughs> we got somebody got rain robbed in, man. <laughs> Rob don't know oh, what I hurry up means. I saw what you did there. Somebody got a rain robbed in. Like, you don't even do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Twitter. Uh, shout out to everybody in the group chat. Salute to KC Mac. I see you in there. Uh, you know, um, shouting this out. Special thanks, uh, Gus, for giving the Super Bowl pick. So tune in Sunday morning. We're going to do a 30-minute Super Bowl pregame tailgate. Call in and give us your pick, your thoughts on the game on Sunday morning. Check out all of our social media sites for time. Then check us as we recap Super Bowl 53. We'll also catch up on everything happening in the NBA season next week. So, so um, hopefully uh, Anthony Davis is somewhere else just so we can talk about that. <laughs> So until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the Super Bowl, enjoy your week, and we'll see you right back here. Catch everything we do, all of our social media, all of our content, everything can be found at the hub, which is warsports.com. Pick up a copy of my book, which is Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or at our hub, warroomsports.com. But remember, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast or against ignorance, and we shall see you chumps on
Jimmy, know the blueprint. Yo. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, they do this. Shout out to Dez, PJ, Be Austin, Doc Bay on replay. Uh. WarRoomSports.com, get that mobile app. If not dial, call it 323-14-0012. They be going and you sensitive, then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Listen live, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop and knowledge. Should be in sports credit as I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Corporate secrets, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours. Get your game up, uh, who's the best in sports cast, you better name us, War Room Sports, yeah, yeah, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, DJ, Doc Bang, we all uh-huh, I'm shocked, up here coming on the War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.